Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Well, this is the final in our series of messages that we've entitled Forward. And today we're going to be talking about taking new territory And through the course of this series, we've been challenging believers to move forward in their lives. We've been challenging believers to, ironically and oddly enough, believe. Isn't that funny? We're challenging believers to believe. But that's what we're doing. We're challenging believers to believe for the Lord to do new things in your life that are greater than anything that you had ever thought of before or imagined. Now, moving forward means taking new territory in your life. Moving forward means taking new territory for your life. It's advancing beyond any level that you've ever been before. It's rising above the things that have previously hindered you. It's making a conscious effort with the help of the Lord to move from the ordinary to the extraordinary. How many of you want to take that trip? Want to move from mundane, from ordinary, and let what God has. How many of you believe that God has a greater plan for your life than you do? Right, absolutely. And I want to move out of the best that I could do and move into what he has in store for me. I want to move from the ordinary into the extraordinary. So taking new territory means to trust God for greater things in your life. I ask you to turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 4 because we're going to talk this morning about a man named Jabez. He is a man whose name has become synonymous with one of the most notable prayers in all of the Bible as we see him in chapter 4 and verse 10 making a simple request. It is a four-point prayer. And it's, it's simply this. God, bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. God, give me some new territory. Increase my influence. Increase my opportunity. God, keep your hand on me and Keep me from evil. And we're going to read that verse in just a minute, and we simply see that Jabez prayed, and God answered. Isn't that something? Jabez prayed, God answered. It sounds simple enough, and miracles happened. So let's take a look at this prayer in question, 1 Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 10, and it says this, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, O God, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain, so God granted him what he requested. Come on, somebody. God granted him what he requested. How many of you pray with the confidence that God will grant for you what you have requested? 
If you don't get anything else from this message today, you need to circle that ending phrase really big, preferably in red ink, and highlight it in the brightest color that you have available. God granted him what he requested. Jabez has a big ask here. It's simple. Understand that. It's simple. It was a simple prayer when Elijah prayed fire down out of heaven as well. If you'll remember, that was only a 60-something word prayer, and God answered by fire. Are you picking up on a theme here in the word of the Lord today? Is that if we ask, God will answer. As a matter of fact, in one place, James says, you have not because you ask not. Now, this was a big prayer. It was, and as we're going to see here in a little bit, it was an audacious prayer. It was a very bold prayer. Now, this was a life-changing prayer. Jabez prayed, and his prayer was, Lord, bless me indeed. If we were to put this in our modern vernacular, or maybe if we were to add some emojis or some of our modern communication behind that phrase there where it says, bless me indeed, we might say, God, bless me real good. Exclamation point, exclamation point, clappy hands, smiley face. I mean, bless me some kind of good. I don't think we can overstate the, the, the phrasing here that Jabez is using. Lord, bless me indeed. This is more than asking for enough to get by. Jabez is praying a prayer of abundance. Everybody say abundance. This is him emphatically and enthusiastically asking for a blessing. And then he says this, Lord, enlarge my territory. That's what we're here to talk about today. God, enlarge my territory, not just property. He's not just wanting to run out his tent stakes a little further. But what he's praying here for and what you and I need to be praying for, God, increase my influence and God, increase my opportunity. Increase my influence and increase my opportunity. And I believe God will answer that. And you know, the thing is, we don't have any problem with this concept, do we? Do we have any problem with that concept? If you've been to church for any length of time, then you're familiar with the concept of prayer and God answering prayer. Here, let's test that theory. How many of you believe that God is a prayer answering God? That's right. That's right. We believe that he's a prayer answering God. You've been informed that God wants to bless you. You've been told that he has great things in store for your life. So it's not a foreign concept to us that the last phrase of this verse is, so God granted him what he requested. He's made this big prayer. He's made his audacious ask. It almost seems like suddenly that Jabez realized the opportunity that was afforded him through prayer. And he, he just realized, I've got a golden opportunity. How many of you know you have a golden opportunity that's afforded you through prayer? Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, how's that finish? 
It shall be done. Jesus says, cast all your care upon me, knowing that I care for you. The hymn writer wrote, oh, what needless, oh, what, oh, what peace we all, peace, there we go. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. I want to tell you today, you have a powerful, powerful opportunity with your future and with your destiny, and it begins with prayer. And it... It's, it's almost as if Jabez realizes this opportunity that was afforded him through prayer, and when he took his turn, here he is. He's swinging for the fences, man. He's going for it. Here's a man who trusted God for new territory for his life. And in this simple prayer, Jabez asked God for great things for his life. And my question to you today is this. In what ways are you calling out to God in regard to your own life? And what do you believe God has destined for you? And how is that reflected in your prayer life? Do you believe God has destined you for greatness? Is your prayer reflecting that you believe that God has destined you for an extraordinary life? Are you praying big things? Are you dreaming big dreams? Are you believing for big things to come to pass in your life? Now, are you praying those big prayers? Are you approaching the throne with boldness? This is a bold prayer. You understand. When Jabez here, we read 1 Chronicles 4.10. This is a bold prayer. How many of you, your prayer sounds like Jabez's prayer? No, 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 no. Sometimes we're like, oh, Lord, help me. Help me get by. Help me with this struggle. Help me with this immediate thing. Sometimes we can't pray, and we need to pray for the immediate. Don't, don't misunderstand me. God's concerned about that. But there comes a point when our prayer and our expectancy needs to take on a new level. And it needs to get beyond the immediate, and it needs to go into, God, when you deliver me out of this mess that I'm in, this is where I'm believing you to lead me to. And this is the kind of prayer that Jabez was praying. And we're going to see the significance of this open up even more as we're moving through here. But the, the writer to the Hebrews said that we are to come boldly before the throne of grace. And I want to ask you today, are you standing confident in prayer in your position as a child of God when you pray as Jesus taught? Jesus taught us when we pray that we're to come and we're to pray our Father. Now, the emphasis most of the time is on the hallowing and the reverence of the name of God, and rightly so. But sometimes I think we skip right over the fact that Jesus says that we are welcome to the very throne room of the great I Am to address Him as our Father. 
He's not some distant deity. He's not some cold personage that's off in eternity. But he is warm and he is welcoming and he is caring and he cares for you and he loves you and he is likened unto a father. And he says we're to come and say, pray our father. And then Jesus, as he taught us here to approach God as our father, with many other teachings, he underscored the fact that as a loving father, God wants to bless us and give us good gifts. I think it's the desire of every parent, at least every parent that has their head screwed on right and, and their thoughts are in the right place. They want to see their children excel. I mean, I mean if you, you want to see your kids excel. And the truth of the matter is, you may want to, there may be some of you in here today that you'd say, Pastor, if I had my rathers, I would say that I want my children to do and have better than I did and better than I have. Right? Well, can I tell you today that it is illustrated over and over and over in the Bible. And Jesus teaches us and says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? What is the multiplier? If you can think about what you want for your children. I remember when, when, uh, when Jessica was little, she was, a, she was a little two, couple of years old and just so cute and everything and just you know the, just the thought of it as a new father it just filled you with the warm and fuzzies you know and uh, I mean not that it doesn't now but <laughs> but and I thought to myself then my goodness if this is what it feels like to have one I can't imagine what it's like to multiply that by two or three because you all know that once you have more than one child, that love is not divided, it's multiplied. And, and I, I have wanted nothing more. And I, I try not to be that nag and just impart every ounce of wisdom that I can come up with. But in my life, I look at their lives and I see so many places that I could have and should have done better. And all I want is for them to not make the same mistakes that I made and see them go further than I did. And Jesus takes that comparison and says, listen, you, you, you're not even wholesome and righteous at your core like God is. You don't even know how to love perfectly the way that God does but yet you would lay your life on the line and give the very last ounce of yourself to see that child succeed and to bless them and to give them good things now compare it how much more then does your heavenly father know how to give good gifts to his children come on somebody God wants to bless you today. God wants you to rise up in faith and pray bold prayers. 
God wants you to stand on the authority that you have as a child of God and believe him for more. This is not a prosperity message today. I don't care if you don't write a check to the church. I'm telling you the truth. God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you, and it's time for the body of Christ to rise up and believe God for extraordinary blessings. Now, can I tell you today, we've been talking about moving forward this year, and we've been talking about growing deeper in Christ and overcoming obstacles and moving towards your destiny. And as we've been doing that, things have been awakening in your heart and desires have begun to well up on the inside and you're wanting to see God do great things in your life. I can assure you today that God is just as desirous to see great things happen in your life as you are. There are dreams and aspirations on the inside of you that you're about so much that so that you're about to burst and you believe that you're the only one who's carrying the burden or the want to for it to come to pass in your life. But I want to tell you today that God is still a prayer answering God today just as he was in the day of Jabez, just as he was for Elijah, just as he was for Elisha and Daniel. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Paul identifies God as the God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above everything that we think or ask. I challenge my team sometimes, and I tell them to set goals. Set goals, assign numbers to it. Just, just make it measurable so that we can see what God is doing. I said, but I want you to understand this, that the goal you set is the minimum and not the cap. It's the minimum and not the cap. That's, not the, that's just the least of what we're expecting God to do. That's not some impossibility that we're hoping we can reach. That's the least of what we're believing for. And we're praying to that end. So, most of us have never had a verse 10 experience, however, where we call out to God with a big request and we find his answer unleashed in our lives because we can't get past verse 9. Now I want to take verse 9 here in two different, uh, from two, two different perspectives. But verse 9 reads this way. It says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. Now, here's the issue, and here's why I say sometimes we can't get past verse 9 to move on to verse 10, to pray the big prayer and to see God answer our request. And that is because we think that the A part of this verse is a prerequisite to God answering prayers for us. We, we can get blinded by the A part. Some of you, when I read that right then, and I said, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. You said, aha. See, there's something special about Jabez. There was a reason that God was blessing. He was one of those folks. You see, because sometimes because certain people are recorded on the pages of Scripture, it's sometimes easy for us to feel like their life was somehow different than ours that they just were super spiritual people. They, they never had any hardship or trouble or difficulty. 
Maybe, maybe they had a special revelation from God that made faith easier for them than it is for us. Let me tell you something. Faith is and always has been faith. The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Jabez didn't have any different revelation. Actually, we have a greater revelation now than he had then. I said, we have a greater revelation today than he had then. Was nothing special about him. Because I can tell you something. Jabez certainly had his own share of obstacles and hardships to overcome. And that leads us to the B part of this verse. And it begins with this phrase, his mother called his name Jabez. Isn't that interesting? I can tell that I've really got you intrigued here in this moment. You're riddled with anticipation. The literal interpretation from the Hebrew into our language of the name Jabez is pain. His mama named him Pain. Now, there may be some of you here this morning and you're all gangster and you think that's cool. But I can tell you that in the Hebrew society, that was not the case. This was not cool. Have you ever, have you ever thought about your name and thought about yourself and thought to yourself, why did my parents name me what they named me? I mean, why did my mama have to spell my name with a PH instead of a V like everybody else? How many, how many of you have ever thought about your name and thought, I don't like my name. I, I wish I was named something else. Or maybe you heard somebody else's name and it sounded so nice that you thought it would have been great if that had been your name. You see, in our society, we, we name people because it sounds nice. It has a certain ring to it. Or maybe it meshes well with the last name. Or we think it's cute. Or masculine or feminine or whatever the case. We, we've got all number of reasons. Or maybe it was because, you know, that was what grandpa was named. Can I tell you that nobody in the Bible times named their kids because it sounded nice or pretty or it had a nice ring, ring to it? Let me give you some reasons here why biblical names are important and they're significant. A biblical name could record some aspect of a person's birth. Biblical names sometimes expressed a parent's reaction to the birth of their child. Jabez's mama called him pain. Are you, are you following with me? Are we tracking here? Biblical names were sometimes used to secure the solidarity of family ties or to communicate God's message or to establish an affiliation with God. 
Biblical names were given to establish authority over another or to indicate a new beginning or a new direction in a person's life. If you'll remember, when, 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 uh, when the resurrected Lord met Saul of Tarsus, he renamed him because it was indicative of a new direction in his life. As a matter of fact, Bruce Wilkinson adds this, who is the author of a little book called The Prayer of Jabez. And he says, a name was often taken as a wish or a prophecy about the child's future. I want to underscore here, Jabez's mama named him pain. Pain, synonymous with heartache, suffering, despair, hurt. So every time somebody called Jabez's name, Every time they called his name, it was a reminder that there was an association between his being born in the world and the pain that others experienced related to his coming. Can I tell you it's very important how you label people? It's, it's very important, the words that you speak over people. Jabez's mama called him pain. I used to work with a young man. I hired him. He came to work for me. And I was going to fix him. He'd been having a rough go, but all he needed was me and Jesus. And we were going to make it right. I couldn't make it right, and he didn't really want a whole pile of Jesus, and I, as hard as I tried, I couldn't make him have it, and there finally came a point where we had to part ways. We couldn't re remain in that relationship any longer, and he said to me, my daddy always said I wouldn't amount to anything. And I guess he was right. Jabez's mama named him Pain. Jabez didn't arrive being more noble than his brothers. He didn't become more noble till his brothers until he learned how to deal with the fact that his mama called him Jabez. And there's a reason that many of us have never had a verse 10 experience where we see God answer extraordinary prayers in our lives, and that's because we've never seen ourselves as worthy to ask because we've never been able to deal with the labels that the world has put on us. Something happened in the life of this man, though, somewhere along the way that was so extraordinary. When you go home this afternoon, I want you to read. I, wait, wait a minute, time out. I challenge you to read 1 Chronicles chapters 2, 3, 4, 5. It's not interesting. <laughs> because it says, this person begat this person, and this person, and this person, and this person. And that person begat these people. And it goes through the genealogy of David and the descendants of David 
And it finally comes here into the descendants of Judah when we find this man, Jabez, that is listed here. And all of a sudden, by the Spirit's inspiration, Ezra the scribe stops and says, Hey, let me tell you a little bit about Jabez. Let me just give you a little nugget of information here about what happened in his life. He was labeled as painful. He came into the world, his mama looked at him, and the first thing she saw was pain. I don't know why, maybe it was a hard labor, maybe it was a hard childbirth, maybe somewhere during the pregnancy pop had passed away and there was financial hardship on the family, I don't know why. But I'm telling you, they hung him with a name. They put a label on him as soon as he got in the world. And if you and I are going to take new territory in 2019 and beyond, and we're going to go forward, there are a couple of things I believe happened to Jabez that are going to have to happen to us, and I want to share those with you as we close today. Number one, Jabez recognized his label. He recognized the label. Circumstances had placed a label upon Jabez. It was something beyond his control. It was something that he had never wished for. It was also something contrary to who he knew that God had destined him to be. Are you listening to me this morning? I said it was beyond his control, something he never wished for, and it was something that he knew was contrary to what God had destined him to be. Now I challenge you to recognize your labels today. Because you and I live in a world that is constantly trying to label us. We may be labeled by our past. We may be labeled because of associations with other people or because sometimes there's been lies told about you that people around you have labeled you. You you may have been labeled and the devil tries to use your weaknesses and your shortcomings and your faults and your failures to constantly bombard you with labels that don't belong. When you get out of bed in the morning, that old droning noise starts up again. And it's spouting things that are contrary to the name that God has given you. And I'm here to tell you this morning that it's a label that doesn't belong. It's a label that doesn't belong. Jabez's mama called him pain, but God said that he was chosen, he was blessed, he was highly favored, and that he was loved with an everlasting love. The world has said that you are broken and that you are worthless and that you're defeated and you're unworthy and you're not going to make it. But Jesus said that you have been made whole. You're so valuable that he gave his life to redeem you. You've been made more than a conqueror and that by his blood you've been made a child of God and a joint heir with him and that through him all things are possible. So you need to recognize the labels that are being placed on your life that did not come to you by virtue of the Word of God. They're not what God has spoken over you. They're not what God intended for you. They're the lies of the adversary about you. Recognize the label, and once you've recognized the label, rip it off. Recognize that label and rip it off. Don't be willing to stand in the shame and the timidity of a false identity anymore. You just stand up and say, I know that this is not what God has in store for me. 
this is not what God intended for me. We've been talking about it for weeks. But now many of you believe that God has, how many of you believe that God has more in store for you in 2019? That there's a greater place that you've not been yet. That God has greater things in store for you. Greater influence and greater opportunity. How many of you have ever been timid to ask God for greater things because you found yourself identifying more with a label that the world has placed on you than you do with the name that God has given you? No more. No more. Rip it off. Rip it off. I am not defeated. I'm not depressed. I, I, I'm not unworthy. Oh, I hadn't done anything to earn it, but I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a stranger or a foreigner, but I'm a citizen of a heavenly kingdom. Come on, somebody. I belong to him. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. All that God has belongs to him, and I'm a co-heir with him. Rip off that label and rewrite the label. Rewrite the label. Paul said to the Romans, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. That means the voice and the lie of the adversary that is constantly downgrading and degrading you and accusing you, don't conform to it. See, sometimes even in our prayer, we conform. We conform to a less than mentality. We conform to an unworthiness mentality. And we pray accordingly. And we don't believe for big things. We don't believe for big things. But Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Church, renew your mind with the word of the Lord. Learn who God has said you are and thereby recognize the lie of the adversary. Begin to rewrite those labels and, and allow the word of the Lord to so thoroughly define you. Allow this word to define you. I don't ever have to walk in defeat again if I allow this word to define me. I, I don't ever have to suffer in despair if I allow this word to define me. I, I might be pressed but not crushed. Persecuted, not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. I don't have to live in fear because I know that perfect love casts out all fear. I, I don't have to worry about tomorrow because I know that to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. Renew your mind with the word of the Lord. Learn who God has said that you are. Let that word so thoroughly define you until you have found the boldness to approach the throne of grace and stand in the audacious faith to confidently ask, Lord, bless me indeed. 
God, increase my territory. Take me to places that I've never been before. God, I believe you for greater things in my life. Not just in 2019, but Lord, let every day that I live be a fresh new adventure with new things opening up before me. Father, as we open these altars today, God, I pray that not only would these that are here today pray the prayer of Jabez, but they would find the faith of Jabez to never let things of this world so define them that it robs them of the blessing that you have prepared for them. God, that today would be a day marked with the ripping off of labels and assignments that have been given us by the world. And a day full of rewriting identities in accordance with your word. God, before me today is a mighty army. Warriors of the faith beloved and highly favored the children of God join heirs with Jesus and God I believe you have great things in store for each and every one so today Lord we lift our hearts to you we ask you Lord to search us and know our hearts help us to see areas Lord where we've allowed the adversary to define us and to lay those things down and take up the new name that you've given us. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.